0: Can next gen help us tell better stories? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host Brett Beck, and alongside me Mr.
1: Saw Bridges bringing you guys lucky episode number 119.
0: 119. Literally, every time we are talking to somebody about how long we've done this, it doesn't feel like it's been as long as it actually has been.
1: How long is 119 weeks?
0: Too long. Two and a half years. (laughs) Not quite two and a half, actually, with us being in July. Probably like two years, three months.
1: It is 2.2821 years.
0: 2.2821 they're so very
1: close to... Two the- years, three months, one week, four days, 16 hours, and 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with us, like he said, or like I said, uh, we are Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. We talk about PlayStation, but we also talk about other competition and how it pertains to PlayStation, what good ideas we think that they carry that PlayStation may learn from, what bad ideas we think that they carry that PlayStation may learn from, uh, but... You can find us in video format on YouTube uh, every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing over there, share the video. Uh, Like the video, helps get the video a little bit higher up in the algorithm, which is already crazy and broken anyway, but hey, we'd appreciate it if you would. Uh, If you would like to chime in your thoughts on the things that we're talking about, you feel free to do so by commenting down in the comment section, uh, and subscribe, hit that bell notification so you'll know when all of our content comes up, and not only just this show, but also things like reader mail and our off-topic podcast, as well as sometimes bonus episodes if we get back into doing those. Our schedules have just been too crazy uh, as of late with introducing new things to do those too often. Uh, but with that said, if you don't want to watch us on YouTube and would rather listen to us in a car or at work or whatever, you can do so uh, by going to podcast services be it iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, Spotify, doesn't matter what kind of phone you have or computer you have. You can find us. If you find one that does not have us, let us know. We'll get it fixed, but we think we've got that uh, down pat. If you want to chime in from the audio-only version and don't know how to, since there's not a comment section, you can find us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at TriangleSQRD. You can find us over there. Give us a follow so you can keep up with being able to respond to the community's take questions that we give. You can get the community's feedback on any of the topics that we talk about, Uh, as well as going to our Facebook, which is Facebook. Uh, a, gr- a group on Facebook, which is Triangle Square to PlayStation podcast, uh, asked to be in there, and you'll gladly be entered. Saul doesn't have a Facebook, so you sure won't see no. him.
1: Haven't had a Facebook in about 12 years.
0: You can join our Discord, which is our moment-to-moment day-to-day with a lot of the community members that have a lot of fun in there. Uh, and you can do that by going to the link in the description below or hitting up Twitter and seeing if you can find where we post the link occasionally. But it's easiest to find it in the description, be it on podcast or video. And lastly, if you would like to support the show with as little as even a dollar, we'd appreciate it if you would, and... And if you want to, it's patreon.com slash nartech, or you can find the link down in the description below. Get you access to episodes a little bit early. Not necessarily these, but things like reader Mail, uh, our off-topic podcast, uh, Dicka Shit Best, and other small things that AKA we may do. Dab. Yeah, there's updates we do. We also have uh, different tiers if you want to get custom cases. If you haven't seen our custom cases, head over to Twitter, uh, where I probably need to start posting them a little more often again to show people what they are. But we're going to get into this in normal fashion, and normal fashion is... So, how you been doing? What's been playing? I think I know the answer, but we're still going to see. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've been fine. Uh, Played a lot of Destiny 2, like the norm. I'll throw it out there once again. We have a very booming clan now, so if you play Destiny 2 on PS4, or if you have in the past and you want to play again, and you stopped because you didn't have a lot of people to play with, go ahead and head on back and uh, ask us to join. We have about, I'd say about three members online at any given time now. Is a pretty good average. And not only that, but we do grades at least once a week, trying to get more on that uh, as well. But yeah, it's been fun. I picked up uh, or I, I picked up Cadence of Hyrule like two weeks ago or whatever, and I talked about it last week. And I've been playing more of it as well.
0: Yeah, he he showed me it. And you know what? It makes me curious as to whether I want to try Crypt of the Necrodancer on my Vita
1: it's uh yeah it's they're fun really really fun games really interesting
0: type of game that i'm not sure you can tell if you'll like until you play it yeah
1: steep learning curve um for sure but other than that i oh and dark souls remastered i can't believe i forgot about that i i have been doing a new run of dark souls remastered just for fun trying out a cleric build that i've never done before in a dark souls game ever so praise the sun on that one so (laughs) you
0: had bought it on switch originally right no you asked me this the other night I know, why do I keep thinking that you bought it on Switch? Did I don't you buy know. I it bought it all? on PS4 when it
1: first came out on and the And just stopped playing it. Yeah, so well, I traded it in. Yeah. There we go. I traded it in when I was trying to go all digital. And now I re I rebought it when it was on sale during the days of play sale for, I think, 20, okay. maybe 15, something like that. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm replaying through that with a different build. I'm thinking about going back through and playing through as, with, as a sorcerer as my next one. And then uh, I do want to beat it on PS4 so I can get the trophy for beating it and then probably go on to Dark Souls 2. And then who knows, maybe a saw plays will happen of one of the first two games. Maybe it'll happen with Bloodborne, I don't know. I've actually been (laughs) contemplating that myself. But Brett, what have you been playing this week?
0: Uh, I had started um, Far Cry 3 Classic Edition. I was in one of those moments where I didn't know what I wanted to play and I bought that so long ago and hadn't started it that I was like... Let me dive back into this game. I heard that game is trash on PS4. Uh, it wasn't launched, apparently. There was a lot of issues with uh, the controls, Dead Zones the, and stuff like that. Yeah, the frame um, rate. Everything. Runs fine now. That, now, the, now the with that being said, the controls, perfectly fine. Okay. The Dead Zone is not that bad anymore. It actually feels about like, and it could still be improved, but it feels about like the Dead Zone with it on PS3, where before it didn't. It felt oh, It felt okay. like it was it is the pc port so it felt like a pc port that had improper uh, it, like somebody did a fan made controller support that was just really shoddy uh, from everything i've seen and you look at the digital um foundry thing that they did for it uh but that's all fixed and outside of that you know they were real they were really on top of saying this is just a classic edition it's just a port we're not doing anything extra. So it, the game does look a lot better, actually, than it did on PS3 to the point where I'm kind of like playing it. And, and outside of the character models, which tend to be the thing that show their age the quickest, the game it looks surprisingly good. Yeah, the environments um,
1: in all Far Cry games, for the time that up. they came out, yeah. Hold Far Cry really 2 well. still looks great.
0: Yeah, um, But yeah, it looks, it looks great. It runs at 1080p instead of 720p like it did on the consoles, and I'm sure it was probably sub 720p on consoles. <laughs> uh, but it plays pretty well. Excuse but the game is so different. Me. You know, it's been so long, it's like, I remember I played Far Cry 4 not that long ago because I'd played through half of it at launch or maybe a little bit more than that and dropped it because it lost my interest. And then I came back to it probably about two years ago and really loved it. And I was like, I wonder why I dropped it. I think I just out-Far cry myself uh, in a short period. But what ended up happening is with 3, going back to it, 3 and 4 are similar in a lot of ways, but 4 does a lot to push the series forward in small quality-of-life ways. And it's pretty interesting going back to playing three. The gunplay isn't quite as tight, uh, and not because of controls, just naturally. And you can tell by the game, like, and I remember it the more I think back on it now. The game has got way more of an aim assist because I think it realizes that the that the gunplay is not as tight as it should have been. So playing this coming off of New Dawn, which I'll give New Dawn this, I like I said, it was better than five, but still the Far Cry series and playing three has helped me realize this has. With all the weirdness that's in 3, the Far Cry series has really lost some of its charm in a lot of the transitioning, trying to make it, it is something new. becoming more formulatic. And I don't like it in that sense. Yeah. And, and there, there was something about playing New Dawn where even though I enjoyed it, it just didn't ever really grip me hard. Whereas playing through 3, Boss is still an amazing bad guy. There's some odd things that are very much game design from the PS3 days in a sense, but it's also weird in, in the way that they have always done with far cry. So I've been enjoying it in a lot of ways. And I think the one thing I've really severely missed from a far cry game is a voiced protagonist. Um, I feel like it's necessary and I really feel like I feel super disconnected from my character who I don't give a crap what he looks like anyway and Far Cry Five and New Dawn, where they've insisted on character creation, character creation, and non-voiced protagonist, uh, where I still think they could have done character creation with a voice protagonist and just had uh, because the biggest the biggest thing that comes in with, with cre- creating your own character is male and female. So they could have just had a standard male voice and a standard female voice, very similar to what Rage Two did. Um, but Rage Two did not have character customization; it was just you chose which one you were, or the other. But even with that said. The game is great, and I'm probably going to keep playing it. It's got some things that some people probably won't like about Far Cry, like the having to take over uh, the the radio towers to get further along and stuff. But it is what it is. Outside of that, I've played a lot of Destiny. Uh, it's I'm in a weird kick where I'm normally not like Saul, where all I talk about is playing the same game, but I actually have been at a point, and this is really a testament to Destiny. Uh, my time has been a little squeezed, and when I do wants to get on and play there's normally somebody playing destiny and not only does the game itself pull me toward it but playing with my friends helps pull me toward it as well right so yeah been pretty impressive um i have not played my vita at all this week whereas last week i had the chance to but i've been watching the saw movies so that's my that's why it's my fault by the way saw i had watched Saw five i and okay (laughs) it was just remember i told you i didn't know i I know know, but i
1: I was trying to think of an appropriate response to that. I'm like, oh, okay. no,
0: okay, it's it's a perfect response. I just wanna let you know that the day that you showed me the you told me the little piece of information where I asked try and give me one thing that I remember. It it didn't click with me. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it was about Rita being in it. Oh yeah, um, and you you tell me something else, but actually I just never realized that was Rita, but I remember the movie. When yeah, I started watching it.
1: <laughs> it wasn't until I rewatched it recently. So I'm like, oh yeah, that is Rita. That is Rita. Yeah, I was like,
0: who is this? It's bothering me. I had to go to IMDb. Yeah, but anyway, that's been my week so far. Um, been taking a little bit of time off games here and there to watch movies, which has been a nice break actually. Uh, but with some stuff coming up in the in the long run, like Destiny improvements coming and whatnot, I'm excited for all that. But we will move along into the other part of this. Uh, and now with the drop being on, which, by the way, one of our patrons, Donovan, said he misses, by the way. Which is Donovan? Donovan Williams. Okay, yeah, Donovan. I don't care.
1: <laughs> I he's love a, you.
0: He's also our friend, so we get to tell him that. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, we are not doing the drop and... I'm going to tell you that I put that entirely on Saul. Saul decided to stop yeah, doing I it, just, and I support it. I
1: felt like it Whatever was he wants to do. slightly redundant. I felt like it was inconsistent during certain holidays, and I just felt like it's it's an easy thing to skip. And we, realistically, we can kind of cut down or add something else to to really make it worth it. So we did add a uh, community's Take, where we ask you guys on Twitter, Discord, and Facebook to uh, hit us up with what you thought about last week's topic and uh, give us some responses. Now, remember, we won't get to everybody's. Me and Brett will pick one or two that we really liked, and we'll go through them. But uh, shout out to Derek, Sean, Coy Live, No Fate, Matt Harris, Noah, Anthony, and Doc on Twitter. Everybody and, who responded, yes, and Atlas Unchained and El Chabib on Discord for the responses. Because what I really want this to do is to, to I want you guys to interact with each other. I want you guys to get conversations going, and uh, maybe you make make a friend. You may make an enemy. Who knows? But let's get that uh, let's get that community opened up and everybody chatting with each other.
0: Yeah, also thanks for the pretty good amount of responses on very short notice. I literally posted this at like 2 o'clock in the morning last night because yeah. I realized I had forgotten to earlier in the week.
1: Well, shout out to Matt Harris, Noah, and Doc on Twitter for all just saying bad, except Matt. <laughs> Matt said hella bad. Yeah, which and- I
0: appreciate. So the question in 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 large was, how do you feel about the future of game streaming and the chance of multiple publishers separating their games off into their own streaming service? Good thing or bad? And overwhelmingly I didn't hear a single person say good. Uh, it was all bad. Now that was a very targeted question and who knows if the future actually will go that way but looking at other industries it seems likely Uh, and that was kind of our argument last episode but a couple that I'm going to go ahead and point out here uh, and I'm going to also play one little bit of devil's advocate because who knows we'll see Um, Derek one of our patrons he says bad we are already seeing how TV slash movie publishers are creating their own streaming sites and it's already getting out of hand I don't want to be locked into paying for four or more game streams Gaming stream services as cost will get ridiculous. Um, and, you know, that there's that. And actually, the devil's advocate that's going to come up is actually in response to what El Chabib says. Uh, and it's a great one. Uh, but one more that I'm going to do right here. Uh, let's see. This one's a good one because this is probably the most middling of, that I've seen. And I really appreciate the truth of the response, because I actually agree with it. It's about when it pushes past this, but Coy Live says, I personally don't like, and he's also a patron. Thank you, sir. I personally don't like game streaming, but I think two to three streaming services can be good for a lot of people. But if it devolves into every publisher having their own streaming service, it will become too much of a hassle for people who would stream games. And I agree with that. I think that's the the future that we're really worried about. We're not talking about you know, just a Netflix and just a Hulu, uh, and being an issue. That's actually a good thing. You know, our Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, which is the big three on the streaming TV side before all this other stuff started kind of happening. Uh, but now, you know, you could see that cause, Un, you know, naturally you'll have PlayStation and Microsoft who we know we're going to have one. And then we have stadia, but then when we start to bring in third party people who can have this service across multiple things like Netflix and Hulu and whatnot, are, it gets to be kind of crazy. So yeah, I agree with that. And I appreciate the, uh, the, the kind of leveled response So. Uh, Moving over, we didn't get anybody on Facebook because it was very short notice, like I said. Uh, So we'll run over to uh, Discord and Saul, you want to take those you want me to?
1: Sure, I'll take El Chabibs. He says, I thought that cutting, uh, cutting the cord would help me curb some costs, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Many shows used to be consolidated into Netflix and et cetera, but now every studio is thinking of releasing their own streaming service, which would make it more expensive in the future to subscribe to every major platform to get those shows you want to watch. The only advantage I see to streaming tech from every publisher is to subscribe to a different one every month to catch up on their shows. But to be honest, I don't see publishers letting this go for a long while before they realize that they can force subscribers to long-term contracts and applying cancellation fees if you want to end your service prematurely, which will put us back to square one,
0: 100%. Yeah, that's what I that's, was going to say is that the, the the quick devil's advocate advantage is that if companies don't go the route that you pretty much know they're going to go or at least they realize very easily they could go, then yeah, the benefit is that you can actually separate your months up and say, I want to catch up on all the Activision games I've not played. Uh, that's you get hit with a forty-nine month, month
1: cancellation fee. Like you brought up, I actually hadn't even considered a cancellation fee being a possibility for stuff like this.
0: And it's only going to be a fee if it's contractually obligated. So it's a contract well, that you can break by paying a uh, a fee of right. however much money they determine to be the value. Yeah, and that um,
1: could be very something like very well something that happens, especially since you are technically owning licenses at that point.
0: Well, technically, they're owning the license. It gets weird, right? They're owning the license, but their license agreement with you're, the you content right creator—yeah, with the content. And this it depends on what you're doing, right? But in this gaming situation, they would own all the rights. So, what they would be doing is extending a temporary license to you for as long as the sub—the the service is active. Very similar to what PlayStation Plus does. The closest thing we can kind of give you—you you get a temporary license that only stays active as long as your PlayStation Plus stays. Yeah, In the moment that you cancel it, you can't play those games. So it would be very similar to what you'd see uh, from a streaming service of doing that. So let's be uh, considering that this was very sprung on from my own thoughts mixed with your great question. Uh, I appreciate your your response. I really did want to hear exactly what your thoughts were in regards to it. Uh, And I think that that's, yeah, very much it. It seems like across the board a bad thing. But if you have an opposing opinion and you think it's a great thing, let us know and give me a reason. I would be welcome to have my mind changed as to a way that it could actually go over very smoothly.
1: And now we're going to move into the news where you guys don't forget that you can always, always check out our news website. For those that don't know that we are partners with, finalweapon.net. It Mm -hmm. is, a once again, a new partnership that we've been doing for a while now, and it's filled with really, really cool people. We have Noah that was commenting on that, Uh, of course saying no, but we have uh, a lot of cool people. We have a lot of cool things coming for this. You can go there daily, check up on news stories that you will hear featured on the show. You can go in and um, look at opinion articles written by... Uh, all of our writers who are all phenomenal writers, as well as see articles weekly from Brett giving a quick synapse of the episodes we do. And then every now and then you're going to hear opinion articles from me on things that I feel important enough to write opinion articles on. Uh, because for those that don't know, writing is one of my passions. And this is a good uh, leeway to get into what I want to do and get into um, get in, getting to an, a, like a reason to write. Because right now I don't have a reason to write. So this is a fantastic outlet to do so in. So be sure to give the guys over there that are doing articles day by day by day some love and checking it out. And uh, we'll put that in the description, uh, finalweapon.net. Don't forget about yes, that. Yes, we
0: do need to add that in the description. We'll do this that. isn't
1: an advertisement or anything. This is something we are really a part of that is really, really cool to be a part yes, of.
0: It's absolutely.
1: They're not paying us to do it. They're just good buddies of ours that we all work together to create a really cool website to be. Absolutely. Enjoyable for everybody.
0: So like Saul said, one of the things I'll do with every episode is kind of write a small opinion piece that goes into some of my further, um, where if I think of something that I didn't quite think while we were recording, I'll kind of go further and set up the stage for what the topic is about a little bit better. Uh, And I had a lot of fun doing that. I used to write and I really enjoyed it. But I didn't, I've didn't. honestly kind of forgotten about that. So getting back into writing was kind of nice. And I still, reading back what I'd wrote, I was like, you know what? I've still got a little bit of a knack for this. Not saying that I'm amazing, but I was surprised with my quality yeah. of uh, of what was going on. So anyway, we're going to start the news off right. And the first thing here is that in a recent interview, Supermassive Games, which is the people who made Until Dawn, uh, revealed that a fan favorite feature from Until Dawn will not be making its way into their new game, The Dark Pictures' Man of Medan. Uh, and until dawn players with their PlayStation cameras plugged in would have the system start to record a few seconds before a jump scare because the game knew when the jump scare was coming and then save it so that you could go back and see your reaction to the jump scare in real time. It did this in the background without interrupting the player. So in this interview, the marketing director goes on to say that this is due to it being a multi-platform release so that they couldn't consider hardware specific things such as the PS camera. But I actually think that's a bit of a, a washed out excuse. And that's for
1: a couple of reasons. I've played through until Dawn. I don't remember that at all. That's kind of creepy. Yes. Yeah, so it did it, it tell you that? No. Well, so I mean, okay,
0: it tells you that before you start playing the game, but it's quick text that a lot of people would have missed.
1: So it just feels. But it was a hidden feature, really and you
0: had to have the PS feature, the PS thing. That's hooked a up. creepy feature. I don't like that feature. You could turn it off.
1: I know, but yeah. if you don't know it's there because you said quick text. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, true.
0: That's yeah. That I mean, not something I agree I'll with. give you that, but I think a, a lot of people, when they realized it was doing it, loved it. I mean, loved it. Now, and, and honestly, if their response to this and their excuse was in retrospect, we kept the feature in there because it's always been there, but in retrospect, we think it's a bit of an invasion of privacy or something, or even if they were saying it's going to be in there, but you have to turn it on manually, I think, there's a yeah, number of ways to go about doing it. I do think um, that the way
1: they went about doing it from what you're saying is not something I really agree with, but I mean, you know,
0: yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> can't really do much about it, it now.
0: Well, it doesn't share it, and it's local to your PlayStation, and it doesn't go anywhere. So realistically speaking, it's not really an invasion of privacy as much as you can just go look and say, oh, these videos are here, and you can delete them. And yeah, it's like,
1: them. why it, was my PlayStation taking videos of me playing this game? <laughs> yeah, It's like something my phone did. Samsung has a thing called Stories, and it literally compiled pictures that I have of Evie, my cat, and it compiled a music video and you know, like a little slideshow of it. I, and I like, Google does that story. as well. And I'm like, what is this?
0: Yeah, if you if you use Google Photos back on our Pixel, it did the same thing. What's what's weird
1: is it even named it and it named it such a sweetie. I'm like, how does it know it's a cat?
0: I assume that you know how many times you've sent pictures in groups and chat and text chats and put. I never said sweetie though. Really, never said. The Have words. you ever I never used the word sweetie? Have you never looked at her and said, Oh, you a sweetie? That's even worse because Paul heard me say it. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. No, I don't think so. Because you, you do baby talk the cat a little bit. Oh, you I love do. Her. I love my cat. Yeah, I'm a cat dad.
1: So But back on topic here. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> but you know, the biggest thing that I think is weird about their their specific reasoning, and I do agree with yours to some extent, um, is that it's odd when you think about it, not all PlayStation users have PlayStation cameras, so it's a it's a subsection of that. Xbox does have the Connect. There are people that have the Connect and use the Connect, and they're gonna they're gonna pretend that it just doesn't exist, or has the Connect been completely patched out of being able to be, even be used with Xbox? Could be. I don't know. Uh, and PC obviously has webcams, so if it's across those three. It's not like you're looking at it and saying that it's impossible to use the feature on other things. But even then, if it's something that happens in the background, I don't think that it changes the experience. One of their the, a little bit more of what they said was that it they wanted it to be a similar experience across the board for everybody and whatnot. But I don't think there's something that happens in the background that is that doesn't change the the jump scare or anything in the moment. I don't know that that's really a, a valid excuse. But either way, I think it's interesting to talk about. Next thing up, Amazon UK accidentally leaked. Arkham Batman Arkham collection which includes the remastered versions of of Asylum and City uh, alongside Arkham Knight in one physical bundle sadly despite being a fan love entry origin still isn't included or making its way to the current gen consoles yet maybe never Uh, the bundle is set to release September 6th in a spiffy steelbook But this also might be an exclusive to the UK. As of right now, since it was a a slight leak that then got pulled again, the Amazon product page, uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, Saul and I spoke about this the other day, and I do think... Last hmm, night? Yeah, it must have been. I do think that it's redundant.
1: It is. It doesn't make sense. You have the Arkham collection already available with the exclusion of Arkham Knight, but Arkham Knight is always on sale, and it's always on sale for a good price. It's a great game. Go pick it up if you haven't played it. Um, But it just feels weird. Like it doesn't, it's almost like if the handsome collection came back out and included Borderlands three or something and they titled it the handsome collection.
0: Yeah. It, it's
1: really odd.
0: Well, it doesn't have the same name, right? Because the, the, uh, I know, but close enough. Yeah. It was, it was returned to Arkham right. was the name of the original, uh, remasters of uh of Asylum and City now here's where I think the argument would be strong if this bundle came out and did all the same things but actually included Origins for the first time in one bundle that you could buy didn't Origins launch broken too nope I, pl- I, I got the game at launch beat the entire game at launch no problems maybe on PC but I don't think so the PC port was actually I mean, Blaze played it on PC no problems uh, so, unlike Arkham Knight, who had a shoddy PC port that a lot of people hated. Yeah. Was it
1: was it Origins that had a lot of problems in it that got fixed? Not that I'm aware of, no. I thought I really thought that's what it was. But continue, I'm sorry. I keep like I said,
0: I mean, it. I played Origins with apps. It depends on what you mean by problems, but I played the game with no frame rate issues, no stuttering, no obvious like glitches or missing textures or anything like that. I mean, it's a little bit of a middling thing. Here's the thing. Essentially... For some reason, they—it's like they just want to pretend that game doesn't exist because it's the only game not made by Rockstar. Well,
1: I thought it was not received well. Like that's why I thought like we've not seen it back is that it was. It
0: had it had a couple things. It was received pretty well. It got good. It sold relatively well, and it had good reviews. But there were small things that people who are the biggest fans of the of the series had issues with, like uh, Kevin Conroy did not come back to do Batman in that game uh, because it was like. And I don't know, a lot of people viewed it as like Kevin Conroy saw that, well, this isn't rock steady, so I don't want to work with him. The Joker was not. Um, Mark Hamill. Or, what? Well, not Troy Baker. It was not Mark Hamill. It was Troy Baker. Yeah. But I will say it was Troy Baker Tro- doing a younger Joker by far. And his voice. His, was it also Troy Baker in his his Arkham Knight? His Joker. Uh, and oh. not in Arkham Knight. It was Troy Baker in the. Uh, Troy Baker. This is a flip of weird stuff. Troy, Troy Baker voiced Batman in the Telltale Batman series.
1: Oh, that's what I'm thinking of then. So okay. he's
0: voiced both Batman and Joker at some point in this uh. But the thing about the Troy Baker Joker is his Joker was very much reminiscent of Mark Hamill's, like he was at least trying to, and so was the Batman, even though it wasn't Kevin Conroy, it was someone who was trying to give you a Batman that was reminiscent of Kevin Conroy. But it just
1: didn't hit the spot.
0: But it was also like, they were trying to find ways to kind of like, well, it's happening way before any of the events of the other game, so maybe they're not as hard, and that's why, you know, they're older in that series, maybe that's why they sound a little different. But they tried the best they could, and I think they tried giving getting dealt a weird hand. I do enjoy the game. I will say it's probably the weakest one in the entire series to me, but not by any standard of being bad. I actually don't think that there's been a bad Arkham release at all. Uh, Arkham Origins Blackgate, the uh, Vita 3DS title that they did that was a Metroidvania. Loved it. Loved it. I mean a, a really different take on it. So, yeah, weird thing, I don't know why it exists, but while we're on the topic of game bundles, another bundle of fan favorite games was announced by Skybound Games. They're bringing all four seasons of the Telltale Walking Dead series together in a bundle titled uh, a bundle titled Telltale's The Walking Hi. Dead. The definitive series coming September tenth for forty nine ninety nine, which seems like a ridiculous price for all those. But hey, that's just when my I opinion. went back
1: and I was reading after you as we were going. I, th- I swore that dollar sign was two forty nine ninety nine.
0: I was like, Good "What Lord.
1: in the world are they giving me with this?"
0: Yeah, no, but even forty nine ninety nine, this bundle, I feel the exact same way. That's way about. not
1: that bad, though. That's a lot it's of game.
0: It's not terrible, but the biggest thing about it is this is just as redundant as anything else, and as the Batman collection. All of these series already exist on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Go on sale all the time, and you can get them separately. The only thing you stand to gain is a couple of new people who have waited until well, they hopefully bundle am them I, together. Am I
1: incorrect in thinking that the way these Telltale games work is that each uh, series or whatever or season is its own icon on the screen? Does it, would it not lump it all together, or is it just one icon?
0: Hard to say on this how it would do it.
1: What I'm saying like if I bought The Walking Dead and I got season 1 is that one icon and season 2 is another icon. Yes. On the so if it lumped it together because I could there are see sequels. It's like you no know, season of life. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I just did I and wasn't sure it if might.
1: that's how these games
0: function really. Hard to tell. cuz it depends on whether you get it and it's just essentially the same thing as like a BioShock collection where you put a disc in and then it installs both of them and you just have them on your screen but you have to, there are two separate icons but they just both take the same disc. That's how the Bioshock collection Weird. did it. I
1: don't think it's that way on Steam. I don't think I have Probably not. two on like it's separate from one on Steam. I think I have to click in it in the main menu.
0: Uh and actually I'm curious, when you played Metro uh um Redux, did it have the I two... do not remember that. That would be <laughs> that that, was, that would that be another was thing.
1: Six years ago at this point that i played the collection disc yeah, version yeah yeah i, yeah, I don't remember but that but i'm at, saying do
0: you well even if all. it was even if it was digital on pc they're separate i know that cuz i bought them
1: on pc well on ps4 they're separate too cuz they're seen as separate two separate games yeah but you can um, buy them
0: together as the redux collection but you can also buy the individual titles not on disc. no the redux collection is two separate games digitally i have that on ps4 Okay, that's what I mean. So, oh,
1: I thought you meant like the disc version of it on,
0: the first time I played it. Yeah, but the disc version is probably handled the exact same way. You just don't get remember. both that's of them a, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I, I don't remember that. Yeah, who knows? Next up, though, in an unprecedented move by Sony, July's PS Plus games that we talked about last episode uh, were changed after announcement with Detroit Become Human's Digital Deluxe Edition, which includes Heavy uh Remastered version, replacing PES 2019. Many wondered if this was due to backlash towards Sony for the value of PS Plus or a contractual where Sony could not agree with Konami and just announced it preemptively. Um, But that does not appear to be the case as Konami have come out and confirmed that the last minute change was entirely Sony's decision and even going as far as the marketing head for the PES brand uh, didn't even know until the day of. So so this was all Sony's decision but their statement fails to elaborate why. And I I think it would have been important for them to go ahead and elaborate is if it's because they want to try and give uh, consumer... You know, if they wanted to, to have a more friendly outlook to consumers or what. But I think that this is a little weird. You know, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I think a lot of people are probably happier with this choice. Actually, they're not. They're, but they're, I've seen a mix.
1: Yeah, no, there's more. It seems that people were more mad they didn't replace it with the Horizon racing game. Because actually, it seems that more people were excited for Pez more so than yeah. Horizon. So, Well,
0: of the two, because they're bigger names. And honestly, if we're talking about the value of the service... It would look more valuable on paper to say, look at this month we have where we have both PES, which we're paying them for, but we also have Detroit Become Human, which is a game that Sony published so they can give out for free, no problems. They could have just taken that on the chin to try and help fan feedback, but they probably already had a different contract in place with the Horizon developer and would have had to pay them anyway, but... Here's, here's the middle ground. Why don't they just say, hey, we heard the backlash. We're going to keep PES. We're going to put uh, the other headlining title will still be uh, Detroit and PES, but we're going to keep that third game of Horizon there just as a yeah. bonus title this month it kinda, as a way to kind of assuage the situation.
1: It kind of seems like Sony, in a sense, is kind of – taking a 180 on the PR stuff right now where they're staying quiet about weird things, especially like the censorship and stuff, while they're um, not really making statements on it. So I'm going to assume it's that. I'm assuming that they didn't want to make a statement on that because then they think that if there's worse games in the future, which there's probably going to be towards the end of this life cycle – I would hope differently, but... That's the problem. Yeah, they're going to start getting outraged and wanting them to change it. So, I honestly think that somebody on Twitter pointed out, they're like, this console has a year and a half to two years left at most. Me- just make a poll for every game.
0: See, and that comes back to something that someone else uh, asked us actually in response to something was, would you like to see Sony go back to the uh, poll system that they actually tried out? Uh, it was one poll every three months when they were doing the trial thing. I think they did it two or three times. I it um, twice, yeah, But... I thought that that was a great idea. It was. Uh, and if you could do that every month, yeah, that's that's probably asking a lot. But, you know, if every three months you give people this. Uh, what was great about the poll thing, do you remember it very well? Yeah. Um, it, 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 but where was it done on? So it was. they would just send an email. And okay, it would that's say, it hey, here's, here's the thing. Uh, which game would you want to see? Click in and you can vote. And what was great about it is it was handled in two ways. They had multiple titles that you could choose from to vote for which one you wanted. Uh, The most popular one voted got guaranteed in. I think it was that the second most popular one was the secondary game. And then the third and fourth options, if I'm remembering right, uh, if there were four, there might have only been three. Either way, whichever ones did not make the actual cut still ended up being a PS Plus sale game for that month uh yeah so and, and that was kind of like the balance of well here's the three games choose which two you want the one that's the least popular vote still goes on sale for a steep discount of like 50 percent off or something like yeah. that and it's a weird way for them to work that out and i think it probably would have been great for consumer choice well, aspects. you know what they should start doing towards
1: the end of this generation is that in the middle of the month randomly just throw out a free game like they did black ops 3 Just like hey here's you know shadow of the classes remastered
0: free Take yeah it. Well, and they can do that with their huge backlog of games that are not going to really sell much more at this point. Well, that's uh, why I'm so hard
1: on critiquing the PS Plus choices. Is that there is games that they can easily pick that are way leagues better,
0: leagues better, and I games. give them I give them credit for throwing in Detroit only a year after it came out. Really, yeah, that's it, actually a great choice and, if it wouldn't have been at the loss of PES and. Again, you know, you're talking about the, the, the fear that later on, if they if they publicly say that this was because of the outrage that people had towards it being two games, that they didn't really. I'm not gonna say outrage, but oh course, no, that was outrage. Well, there was, but I don't Lots know to what extent because it's hard to tell from Twitter, and that's where I saw most of the vitriol. Uh, yeah,
1: I saw it on Twitter, Reddit. Uh, people on our Discord was mad. People on our Discord was mad when they took Pez away. <laughs> I know. Dude. That's what I'm
0: saying. Like it's it's hard to fight. I saw a number of people, not only in our Discord but on Twitter, who complained about the game choices, but then came back afterwards and said oh by the way I'm mad they took PES now I don't know I'm I'm just I'm, I'm torn on this but I do think that them pulling in Detroit was a great choice but regardless of whether they want to come out and say why they did it of course the most likely thing that the majority of people are going to say is that they buckled because of and backlash, which already means that what they were afraid of—if—if if that was their choice as to why they didn't want to come out with it—it's going to happen anyway. You've already shown people that since you didn't even issue a statement with it, the most likely candidate as to why you did it is that you were—you got a bunch of backlash. Yeah. So people are going to already go. You remember that last time that you changed the game? This month sucks too. Do it again. Right. And it's it, it sets a terrible precedent in that sense. And I also saw someone else, and this is kind of where I stand. Give an on inch, it. take a mile. Yes, it stands on where I'm at with it. Where often I'm, I'm like you. Even if I'm interested in the in the games, sometimes they're too old or something, or there's too something else out that I don't care for, or I have no interest in the games at all on PS Plus. Occasionally, but even if only 2 or 4 out of the 12 games given or, you know 2 out of uh, 24 games since there's two every two every month right. even if i only liked 4 of them which is a pretty modest percent i'll honestly gladly take what they throw my way because sometimes it's a game i don't think i'll like and then i play it and i'm like i a actually
1: enjoyed it yeah a third of the year yeah which roughly can translate like to 30 bucks depending on For who me it's kind of like the pays what
0: i'll take what they throw at me because i know
1: that there's going to be someone else who is stoked about it that's why i like humble bundle so much is that yeah. it's just like I only re-up when there's something I like, and and then when they have the charity thing go on, I throw a little bit more towards them for the charity, and I yeah. get, like, for Sony Vegas, you know, it's it's hard to beat deals like that. Yes, yeah, let, sure. Let's continue on.
0: While on the subject of PS Plus, we'll go ahead and nail this out too. Sony has actually sent emails to users in the Middle East informing them of a decrease in price for the service, which is interesting. Right. Uh in, in the midst of all this. So the yearly cost will drop to forty nine ninety nine from fifty-nine ninety nine, with three months dropping to twenty ninety nine from twenty-four ninety nine, and monthly going to seven ninety nine from nine ninety nine. Now, right now that's only in one area and prices for PS plus already differ in every area. But on the back of this and looking, I almost wonder if PS Plus's cost is going to drop across the board as we get further into the PS4 until the PS5 comes or if they're going to hold out in most of the places where they notice that they have fine retention uh, and, and just let it float by until PS5 comes out and then you get more of a service out of that. Because similar to the PS4 when it came out, which is a little different for me and you, because you didn't have PS4 when when it came out, you didn't buy it at launch; you bought nope. it later. Yep. Now looking at that, one the of the board greatest board things, out. one of the greatest things about the PS Plus deal with it was PS Plus was already great, and it was not required on PS3. Then they say PS4 is coming; it's required, but I already had it. So day one on PlayStation 4, I already had four free games to play right because of the way they kind of did it and it was like or maybe it was two but i, I had two. two other i don't know but it, i know that one of them was the game that's by the we happy few developers um i don't know why for the life of me i can't remember what it's called right now um starts with a c uh but it was an interesting little title and i actually played it and i enjoyed it um again can't remember what it was called uh and what kind was of game a, was it house mark i think had a game that was for free on there too uh, and i'd have to look at that house mark uh, which is the people who made uh, Rezogun, stuff like that. Well, no,
1: I know that. I'm trying to think of what the game was. Was it not um, uh, let's uh, the, see. the other Rezo Gun style game?
0: November 2013 PS Plus game.
1: What was the uh, other? Uh, Stardust Ultra.
0: Super, Super Stardust. Stardust Ultra. I think that might be right. Uh, here we are. PlayStation Plus, November preview. PlayStation. Uh, okay, so Contrast was the name of the gun and game, and it was Rezo Gun.
1: Both of those were day know, yeah. ones. Resogun's a fantastic game for those that didn't yeah. want to check it out. Never, never even heard of. Clodice. And a pretty
0: solid month for every other system. So PS3 got Ibn Ob, which is a little light thing. Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen, and they got Binary Domain. All pretty. Never even heard of that third game. Binary Domain, it's a Sega made game. It's a it's a cult classic. A lot of people really love it, and a lot of people. So really it's like hate Yakuza it. series. Kind of. Uh, and Nier, the original Nier. It's like a game that a yeah. lot of people love. For well, the I'm saying specifically has. some Sega, because doesn't Sega make you yep yeah. yeah, they do. Uh, and then Soul Sacrifice and Oddworld Stranger Wrath HD for Vita. but uh, Great games, actually. That was a solid, that was a really Soul solid one. Soul Sacrifice is good. Um, but yeah, so that was just one of those interesting things where I'm curious to see how they're going to do this, because the upside to it is that all P- everybody who has PS Plus when they get a PS5 have two games they can play day one without having to spend another dime if it's a service they already have yeah and you imagine that they'll do that transfer the same way if
1: you're if you're buying a 400 to 500 hundred dollar console and you can you don't save enough money for a game at launch though you're doing something wrong
0: yeah but also i wonder how that's going to work with ps now becoming more of a and we'll get into that in a second actually but with it becoming more of a games pass like service on top of its streaming side what does that do does well, that mean that you'll have some day let's one get, PS5 news? Let's get games? into
1: PS Now news. Because, or after this, okay. Or, well, let's follow. We'll, yeah, on we'll, go, we'll keep to going. That
0: next one up is Firewall Zero Hour, which is PSVR's darling little first-person shooter competitive game. Uh, it has update one point two nine released this week or released last week actually, which not only adds general fixes and stability to the game, but also adds a new map for all players to play. So, John, Mr. John Austin, we will get with you, and we're going I'm, I'm going to play with that with you. Uh, and actually, exciting news. For Saul, very different. Saul's not getting a PSVR. He instead chose to go yeah, with Oculus, uh, Quest. Oculus Quest. Did you confirm the price? Was it three or 400 it's, it's $400. 400 yeah. Yeah, I thought for so. For the
1: 64 gig or whatever it was called. 60, yeah, 64 gig, I think.
0: With two controllers? Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah, two that's, controllers that's and uh,
1: the... I'm going to go ahead and pick up the case for it, which is 40 bucks. Traveling case? So yeah. i can bring it over here and show you it. Let's see if it's the, yeah, new, I let's would see love to try compare it. compare
0: and contrast? Yeah, yeah. I would love to try it. Is Firewall on uh, Oculus or is that a PlayStation no, exclusive? No, PlayStation exclusive. Okay. Yes um, So after rumors of multiple cyberpunk projects underway at CD project red, the company clarified that they have two of their five teams working on cyberpunk 2077, the main game uh, with their other team working on R and D for technology at one a team working on Gwent dedicated and the last team of their five working on an unannounced mobile project. It's going to be a card game that ties into 2077. Who knows? Uh, though they do not confirm that the mobile project isn't related to cyberpunk. So it is definitely possible. I ah, so they didn't confirm it, which means it is. Well, I mean, they just <laughs> didn't say anything in relation to it. So yeah, probably. I mean, are it's not unlikely. I'll say that. Um, but they, they also have a public roadmap that you can go check out and their public roadmap confirms plans for both cyberpunk and, and another AAA RPG to be out by the year 2021 to release. Um, uh, wait, two? so two AAA RPGs? By the end of 2021. Makes you wonder, See, are they coming back to business. The Witcher? I hope not. It would be easier for them to make a sequel to The Witcher with the technology they built up for The Witcher 3? Possibly. Who knows? It's or it could, be it just, be,
1: could it just be Cyberpunk too. Twenty seventy eight Seems really hard to do that that close, oh, but it is it possible is, when you have yeah. the groundwork. I'm there. joking. Calm down.
0: Well, no, I'm just saying in general. Because Stop getting offended. <laughs> <laughs> Outrage. Um, all right, next up, going into the PS Now stuff that we were talking about. PS Now, which has become similar to Xbox's own Games Pass service in some respects. Uh, they add monthly games to the service, and this month's additions come in the way of Rocket League. Borderlands The Handsome Collection, Dark Arcana The Carnival, MG, uh, MXGP3, The Official Motocross Game, NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, Nightmares From the Deep 2, The Sirens Call, Rad Rogers, Rapala Fishing, Pro Series, Real Farm, Red Faction 2, which is a PS2 game, Tagion Project, and Wuppo, W-U-P-P-O. I don't know what that is. Uh, I know all the other games, though. So Interesting.
1: That's what it's like to hear the drop red off. Yeah. I would kill myself if I was listening <laughs> <Yeah>. to this. <laughs>
0: Interesting though, and part of the reason I even named them there is if anybody has PS now. But a lot of the times, I think that it's interesting that I've noticed that the additions are all are, are often at least a good chunk of them are games that have previously been th- free through PS Plus. So I'm wondering if that's almost like an extension of that deal. Yeah. Um, that
1: that that automatically just makes one of these services
0: invalid if they're going to keep doing that. Yeah, it gets weird, right? Yeah, unless it's, it's unless like, why would you, you waste miss a money? month of PS Plus and then come back and you have PS Now so you get it that way. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Is that how many
1: months of PS Now go by that, you, that, that a game that you not only wanted but missed that you could have just, instead of spending those months on PS Now, just bought the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, there's a
1: number of ways to go I about really, it. Yeah, you're where, right. PS Now... Come on, Sony, we need a restructure here. And my other thing really with that badly. is
0: that the Something. quality of the games being added is a little more spotty than Games Pass. They're only, terrible. Only in the sense that Games Pass tends to have newer games hit more often. Uh, I think actually a couple well, of these all games the first part are games. great, right? Rocket League and Borderlands well, yeah, uh, are, are great additions, even they're though specifically,
1: they've been also Dark Akana came out, like, what, three years ago on PS Plus? Yeah, they're pretty old. Yeah, um, but... Um, yeah, there's like two or three games in here that I would actually pick up. There are, I, I mean, I say that I have Rocket League, I have Borderlands: The Handsome Collection, maybe Red Faction just to go back because I haven't played Red Faction uh, since Red Faction Two on PS2. Mm-hmm. But um, like, here's the thing with this: is this looks terrible for just about like the average person? There's 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 weird variety here with like three three to four sports games and weird sports games like Rapala fishing. Person, people who are playing Rapala Fishing or fans of that series aren't going to have a PS Now subscription.
0: I don't know about that, actually. It's weird. But it is odd. I, I noticed that, too. But in a way, I almost applaud how... Like, I've read some of the additions they've done for uh, Games Pass, and it seems a little more homogenous in this. But this almost seems like there's no, like, they're just throwing out there just, and seeing they're, what they're, game they're just, there's a
1: dartboard full of games at Sony CEO office and they're just throwing darts and like okay we got Rapala's fishing okay we got Red Faction okay yeah, we hit real odd. low we hit real low and hit you know Borderlands that was just on PS Plus just last month
0: yeah which you know has to be the people being be like yeah go ahead the game's not selling that much anymore we just gave it out for free and now everybody else who didn't have it can have it but you know what's interesting I don't think I don't know that you have to have PS Plus to even use PS now I don't know about that because if you do it to really play multiplayer, you would, Could you, I mean, yeah, I'm assuming... to play multiplayer, but well, on games on. that and you let me,
1: wouldn't, let me assume something. I'm assuming that these are PS4 games that you can download. Yes. So you would have to have PS plus to play borderlands. Yeah. Cause that would require now. I mean, plus
0: if you played it with friends. Yes. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why That's what I assumed you meant. Yeah. Well, I just mean across the board, like are a lot of these games, things that you can play without having to have plus, it looks like a lot of them are, a lot of them are single player games, uh, but games like rocket league and borderlands, obviously no, um, Or, you know, actually, all of those have local co-op options. So still, you could play it co-op within a reason. Uh, But one of the last things I'll say is that the services are a bit different. So I have a hard time directly comparing them because I don't think it's completely fair. But I think the more that Sony starts to move move the service towards something similar to Games Pass, the more they're going to have to work on that outward image. And the only thing that gets weird is that not only are they very different because one is streaming that also just happens to have a download option where one is entirely just games that you download. The other side of that is that the pricing structure for those two services is so vastly different. Yeah. I mean, vastly different. Just out
1: of curiosity, I went to go see what the Xbox was. was for July this year? I mean, this month. And yeah. They announced them just the other day. Yeah. And immediately shadow of Mordor, I mean, shadow of war and undertale pop out at me. It's like, those are shadow of War is a good RPG. Undertale is a great indie game.
0: Yeah. And it's, actually, uh, it's cause, and it's, it goes to show you the rate at which games are added. That's not all of them. That's I just the ones was, that came,
1: that immediately popped out to me. Where n- nothing really, and this is personal, but nothing popped out to me at all in the PS Now list. Yeah, well,
0: because it's games you already own, Rocket League, Borderlands, so The Handsome. Well, that's i Those if would they, be the two that popped out to even, me. Even the games I, I don't own,
1: though, nothing popped out to me. Yeah, like nothing yeah. was like, oh, I gotta go get that. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, if you know if you own an Xbox, then yeah, there's some there's some games that you may not own that would be cool. And I'm not saying that's the same for PS Now, I'm just saying that specifically for me, PS Now this month isn't great, while Xbox for this month, even though I've played and beat both of those games, um, it's it's pretty cool too.
0: Yeah, and and it's more weird that what I was going to say about the Shadow of War that's interesting is that just last month, Shadow of Mordor was added to PS Plus. Which is fine. It's a great game, but it's old, and to it's to an extent of like the 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 way that the series or the way that the services view which games to add is very interesting. That game was free one month. That, uh, that game was added to PS Now last month. Oh, you said PS Plus? Sorry. Okay, PS I was now. like hold the brakes. No, yeah. so PS Now added it last month, along with some other games. They've added recently. Arkham Knight. They've added a bunch of games actually. Return yeah. to Arkham's on there. Which brings which, up. Which is
1: like, yeah, and that's really cool to have too because they've those got are, good games
0: on there. They got Metal Gear Solid 5, yeah, which is a course. game that you love. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they are vastly different. Uh, but yeah. the biggest thing that's always confused me about the two services is how crazily differently priced they are. So there is no yearly option at all for Games Pass. Uh, and instead, it's always just been $10 a month, which adds up to $120 a year. Mm-hmm. No way you, you can't change that. Uh, until now, actually, with the Xbox all-in-one $15 Xbox a month where ultimate, you get gold yeah. and you get games pass, which means it cuts it down to $5 a month. It, it, I, I guess if you were going to try and cut the math around a little differently. that No, would be... I mean,
1: that's the thing, right? Isn't
0: well, because that... it's doing two things. You're not, you can't pay for the ultimate pass yearly, which makes sense actually, because it's like a bundle. It's a
1: really good deal. Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's a good deal. But because of that, in the long run, depending on how I pay for both of them. And we, I did the math actually when we were talking to Corey about this and I could probably go look it up. Um, but essentially, it ends up being a situation where it's still cheaper to get a year of PS Plus and a year of PS Now together. Than Isn't it, a
1: year of PS Now $99? Hmm? So how is spending $200? Hold on,
0: which is already $20 less than Standard Games Pass. So there's that. But then when you get to Ultimate, and I want to make sure I'm not uh, misspeaking because I'm trying to remember what we talked about. We definitely talked about it. Uh, to, to Corey, and we were talking about what it is about the services, and it's not that I'm an apologist for it. I just think that sometimes you have to look at how wildly different the things they are. Because a monthly doing PS Plus from a monthly situation is terrible. It is, but how how our PS Now, not PS Plus, doing PS Now from a monthly subscription. No, PS terrible. Plus from a monthly is terrible too. Is it's also $10 terrible. A month. Yeah, so yeah. is it on Xbox. But when well, you're right, looking yeah. at uh, PS Now, it's twenty dollars a month, which is crazy. It's two hundred and forty dollars a year. Yeah, if you went about it monthly. But if you buy it for a year, it's $99. So which is a the crazy Xbox Ultimate
1: is $15 a month. Yes. Times 12 months, that's $180. Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas if you bought a year of PS Plus and a year of PS Now at the exact same time, it's $160. At the exact same
1: time, is that a bundle of Sony offers? No,
0: no. If you buy them, if you buy them separately, PS Now for one year is ninety nine dollars. PS oh, oh, Plus I for one year you're saying. Oh, okay, yeah. So it is still cheaper. I thought you meant like
1: there's something going on, and then you said one hundred and sixty, and for some reason I was thinking two hundred. Yeah, so
0: it is still cheaper to actually right. buy PS Now and PS Plus than it is to even do the deal of the fifteen dollars a month for everything the Xbox has to offer. But Xbox has one benefit. If you don't want to keep you in that throughout the year and you only Just want to take it. the benefit, say, for two months I want to do thirty dollars and get every game I can play on PS Now and that, but the rest of the year I don't really need that. That's actually a great flexibility. Yeah. But I still think that overall of them the better value ends up being and it is, oddly enough, P S plus and PS Now bought well,
1: together. It depends though when you bring up like what it is, is that the game streaming old mm-hmm. console games versus downloading old console games and, yes. and having them for as long as you have the service. And, and that stuff.
0: one has both and one doesn't, and it gets weird. Right. And what does that? Does that benefit you? It really does. Like, just, are you somebody and that's what gets weird right are you somebody who can have a laptop but don't want to bring a ps4 and you're in the military this is just a situation right where when you're at home and you have your ps4 download all these games but when you're in the military and you don't really want to do bringing a playstation with you everywhere it's easier to bring a laptop but you can throw the laptop on put in the little thing play with your D- D- dualshock 4 which they allow you to do uh, it's something that sony accounted for and then stream all your games on this little laptop while you're, not you're overseas be able to in iraq who knows i don't I, nah, I, nah. I genuinely don't know what the internet situation remember, is for military people well now, but my Point i being, remember somebody
1: pointing out like in a
0: world where it, these things might be able to happen because ps you know how you were talking about google stadia's pretty low requirements for pretty solid performance ps Plus is are pretty low too uh but they also aren't promising 4k and yeah stuff like that. it's
1: so, not yeah it's not out off the walls yes but i remember somebody brought up the fact um saying this goes back to like xbox somebody was defending the uh terrible decision they were trying to make with the drm stuff at uh the original launch. xbox launch yep. And somebody said, like, well, what a great thing that you can't support uh, people in the Army who want to take their Xbox to the Army. And said, nobody in the Army has enough time to play Xbox, let alone can connect to the Internet to download these DRMs. And it's just like, well, okay,
0: well I'm going to, I'm going to bring up, that's not completely true. And, and example well, is actually right. something real personal to me. I uh, was just joking, bringing that yeah, back. To no. That and thing. I think that that depending, that depending on what you do, there. depending on what you do in the We're military, that's true. Right. But then you have people like, you know, uh, I don't think that you ever met him. though you might have, you remember Henri, uh, Hannah's mom's husband. No. Uh, yeah, I met him. Okay. So they went to Germany. They've been in Germany three years. They're just now coming back. Uh, actually tomorrow they're coming back. Uh, he is a photographer in the military. So he has to be there. He had to move there. That's where they stationed him at. But he actually has time to be home and be with his family. And he was there for three years, but he could have just as easily been like, I don't want to have to deal with moving a PlayStation around. Sometimes he did have to stay at different spots and he'd have internet. Cause he'd, I mean, he'd go around. It would work for somebody like him, but that's not... And again, this is a friend situation that I'm just trying to bring up. But it's it's about why I think it's so... And we're doing it so that it well, kind of makes us part of it, but it's my, almost it's almost absurd to... Compare the two services just because of how different they are. But
1: my big question in that kind of situation where you actually do have access to internet and stuff like that, and you have the money to spend on the subscription service, why don't you just download the games you
0: want? Like, buy them. You're not streaming them at that point. What what do you mean? Download them through the service or buy them completely? Just buy them completely. I mean, you could, but... The streaming aspect has a market. That, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. That Xbox Games Pass just can't at all. Can't I don't think do. I've
1: ever seen somebody successfully Unless play a game on Project PS X Cloud. Happens. Oh,
0: a lot of people do it on P- a, a lot of people do it, it on, on PC.
1: top and, and actually have not a lot of latency and everything. Yeah, dude. A lot I've of people never
0: seen somebody do that. Go to Reddit and look around, and you'd be surprised. And I don't mean that it's a well, huge it's just a screenshot swap, at that right? point because there's only seven hundred. Well, no, but they're talking about how they're surprised at how good the service is, and that's anecdotal. But I mean, that's what all streaming is going to be. And it's been a while since I've looked at it, but I guarantee you can find some of these things. And when it comes down to... Because it was
1: bad on my Vita just sitting next to my router. Vita's different.
0: Because you're not doing I PS now, that, you're, you're saying, doing remote play, and that's right, a few different chips. Right, but it's the, it,
1: it's all using the same no, idea. It is. It's the
0: same idea, but it's not the same servers. I know that's it's what not what the I'm same servers, at. but I'm so, just,
1: At that point in time, though, it's like, well, how, how different can they really be when I'm across the world of my PlayStations at home, and the internet I'm using as a hotel? Is that going to be reliable? No,
0: it's not. I mean, there's people that do it. I don't believe that. <laughs> and the thing about now, the thing about remote play that acts differently is it sends the video remotely from your PlayStation 4 and your PlayStation 4 acts as a server, and then it sends it across, which actually gives you worse results than when you're playing it from a server See, that's based it, closer. And to it just
1: you. may be American hotels. I've never been in an American hotel where I can stream Netflix at 1080p and not
0: have problems. Oh, I have. I, I, yeah, never have yeah When we stayed in California and we were at San Francisco, even, we did even there my when we were in Hot Springs, thirteen hundred dollar hotel
1: room was 720p. And weird. we had it. I had to
0: turn Netflix down to that. Weird. Yes. Very weird. No, I, I'm...
1: So, like, I don't understand how, like... Unless I'm just in the wrong hotels... Which, you're
0: staying at bad hotels, bro. Go to the State Bridge in Hot Springs. I'm no telling, problems telling, at all.
1: I'm, well, first of all, it's Hot Springs. It's kind of a small city. Yeah, but
0: okay, we were in San Francisco. What's well, about that? And had no problems. I bet you San
1: Francisco oh, has
0: to have a good infrastructure more, for what More recently... It's Silicon Valley. That's true, too. But more recently, when we were in Dallas uh, and I bought the PlayStation uh, 500 million whenever Hannah was taking her test for her hair thing situation. I watched Netflix that whole time, 1080p, no problem.
1: See, and that's my thing is that. Like, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, like I
0: this I was, is this is going into
1: circles. We of, need to, yeah, we let's we need to move, yeah, but let's 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 hurry back up to the news so we can get to the main topic because we're almost an hour in already and we're not even halfway through the news.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. On the back of a great release reception and sales, World War Z is set to receive some more free and paid content in the coming months, with the developers sharing a video that showcased plans for content this month and beyond. The first paid content for the game will be a simple skin bundle, uh, no pay to win or anything. Thing, i appreciate that the future of free content that includes uh, also the future of free time content that includes a large number of weapon variants weekly challenge mode and difficulty modifiers i've been really surprised at how well that game is done and i almost wonder if some of the people who are kind of am about the division two are actually enjoying that game excuse me more which is a division like gameplay style mm-hmm. but with a little bit more of a unique take right so interesting dreams early access continues to get updates with two recent updates uh the biggest feature added is auto surfing which the devs tweet describes as quote you'll now play full dreams before moving on to the next creation previously you'd play scenes individually end quote this sounds really similar to me as someone who hasn't actually dipped into dreams early access yet but i plan to buy it soon uh if nothing else just to get it at 30 dollars because yeah, there's some great looking stuff being made on it. Uh, but this sounds similar to Little Planet 2. They had the ability to make levels, and then you could link levels of what was meant to be a continued experience. So if you made a game, but you maxed out one level, and then you wanted that to continue on through another level like a normal game would do through a loading screen, mm-hmm. then you could link the things so that when you got to the end of the level, instead of going and going on a finish pad and seeing what you did, and then having to go back out to the menu, find the next level yourself, and then click into it, it would be a portal that you'd go into and it would automatically load you into the next level. And it was just like a short load screen. It sounds very similar to similar to that. So it seems like what you're going to be able to do is max out one level of the, and it's a thermometer in, in dreams max out the thermometer on this little experience, go as far as you can. Once you get it maxed out to transition to the next thing, then you can essentially place this in and it'll auto surf you to the next part of it so that you can continue on and make a full game that way. Very similar to how Little Big Planet did. So that's interesting. A little surprised that wasn't in there at, uh, at launch, but some people said they actually liked that it. it wasn't in there because it led you to odd creations. Uh, but, yeah. you know, in these early days, you never know. Um, next thing up Black Desert Online, the MMO that has been exclusive to Xbox and PC so far, finally has a release date given in a new trailer for the PS4 version. The game is available for pre order now acts as a buy-to-play title, very similar to what the Elder Scrolls Online is. So if you're worried about a monthly subscription, it's not here. You buy it, you get to play it as long as you own it. Uh, And it will be available on August 22nd. It is also similar to the Elder Scrolls Online for those who are curious in that it works as almost an action title in an MMO where you are expected to aim and hit buttons and do all your combat in real time, unlike something a little more like uh, World of Warcraft and final fantasy 14. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more of an active MMO, uh, kind of also like DCU online, uh, if you've ever played that one. Uh, so if you're interested, that's it, uh, for PlayStation users that may have, or have already, uh, or have interest in PlayStation view, the service has announced a $5 price increase on each of their multi-channel plans due to rising costs to keep content on the service. But if you use it as an a la carte service where you just buy what channels you want individually, no effect on you there. Um, Next up though, after stories of head of worldwide studios for Sony, Shuhei Yoshida, visiting a number of developers, current Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO, Jim Ryan, talks about acquiring developers as exclusive content becomes more important than ever. This has led to many, many rumors that Remedy might be in talks for acquisition. Remedy is a team behind Alan Wake, uh, Quantum Break, which is an Xbox exclusive that they did in partnership with Microsoft, uh, and more recently Control that's coming and has some uh, exclusive content with PlayStation. Um, But it's talking to them And Shuhei did visit them recently. So it's where this kind of all started. They seem like a likely likely fit for Sony in my mind because of the type of games that Sony's known for and the type of games that they make. Uh, But with Remedy recently acquiring the rights to Alan Wake back from where they were, it seems that the company may value their independence very similar to what Insomniac does. Sony, people have been asking Sony to buy Insomniac forever and Insomniac just keeps saying, no, we want to remain independent. But I will say this, I have learned if anything this generation to never say never to anything because what do we hear we see Ninja Theory working with Sony again getting partnership with Sony for Hellblade uh, and then immediately after Hellblade Hellblade which is sells well does <laughs> Hellblade I thought you said yeah. Hellbread at first I'm like whoa <laughs> but, my name um, is Bread, got a new got a sequel yeah but you know when you're doing that it's like you see that game come out you see it received well you see it sell pretty well and then you immediately see the next uh, E3 Ninja Theory uh, get an- announced to be bought out by Microsoft uh, so anything could happen and if Remedy does go I think that'd be a great acquisition uh, and it, it'd be very similar to the way, way I feel about Ninja Theory it sucks that people who like their games on the other consoles won't be able to play them there but this is business and that's what happened I, it, it bums me out a little bit that I can't play Ninja Theory games on PlayStation but Hey, at least I know that a company that I like and a dev I like is secure being under a, a good, you know, publisher. Well, and
1: for those that didn't get a chance last year because they owned a PS3 and not a 360, Alan Wake was a good title. So it was. I recommend. And that. it
0: would be really interesting for Alan Wake to come back and get a re-release that's exclusive Dead to Rising PS4, did. and also to get a re-release or to get a sequel that's exclusive to PS4. The
1: Dead Rising uh, would well, not the sequel part, but obviously, but the Dead Rising came to PS4. The yep. very first one, so and
0: then there was an exclusivity thing with three for the Xbox One, and then four came back as a I think it was four that had the kind of, exclusivity. Maybe that's
1: right. I think three came to PS4. I don't know.
0: I think I could find whichever one it was. It was at launch of Xbox. It was very close to launch. Uh, so it was either three or four. But yeah, very interesting and. Uh, I would say if y'all want to tell us what studios you think would be a good fit for them, I'm going to throw one out for me. I think that Sony has a great relationship with Bluepoint time for them to throw out a deal and say, Bluepoint, what do you want? And the only question about that, that gets a little weird is that we've never seen Bluepoint put out an original project, but I would be willing to bet with how well they treat other people's projects. Uh, We know they have the tech. We know they have the artists to do everything. What I'd want to see is what they would do if they were given the carte blanche to bring in a writer that they love and see what they can make. Very similar to what we saw, um, Guerrilla Games do yeah. by bringing in a writer that was not within the company necessarily to write Horizon and do something way off the wall for them. I want to see Blue Point do the same. Let me know what companies you want Sony or you'd be interested in seeing Sony acquire.
1: And uh, it was Dead Rising 1 and 4, by the way, on PS4.
0: Okay, gotcha. Uh, in a recent interview, this is the last thing for news Uh, obsidian games confirmed how different endings will work in the outer worlds. The game will feature two main paths that determine the ending, but other smaller decisions that affect the game in less drastic ways. This makes sense to me, actually, uh, if you think about the way that Outer Worlds is going for a, a developer like Obsidian, this is actually a really scaled-back scope for them, and they've talked about it like the length is not going to be exactly what everybody would have hoped coming from people who made New Vegas, uh, and maybe the decisions aren't going to be as crazy. Uh, but I think the game looks great, and people got to realize this is a double-A game. This is not a triple-A game. Uh, so I think this makes sense, and I'm excited for the game. So
1: Yeah, it's going to look a little janky possibly, being double-A, and some people have said that it does look janky but we'll see. I did get that uh, pre-installed on my PC already.
0: Nice. It comes in August. Is that right?
1: October. I think so. October. Yeah. I had You're- to Google it because it's already available on games pass to go ahead and just download for free. So like, I went ahead and just preloaded it and i and I was like, is this game out already? Why does it say install? And I had to go look at it. Um, oh, why can
0: you preload that early? I don't know about well, like not, it. You're not October twenty pre- fifth. What you're doing is you're scheduling its preload once preload starts. Yeah, it's adding into it your library. But whatever. that is still weird. <laughs> I mean, hey,
1: let's those people who are really anal about keeping their games um and everything kind of in one spot and their collections all organized. How's that, I guess?
0: I guess there's that, yeah. All right, now we're going to get to the crux of the episode, though I think the episode's crux actually might have accidentally gotten taken over by PS Plus and PS Now and how it's weird a, those still are. still a
1: good question, though. But I...
0: great question that comes from Mr. Jack's Crocsaw. I think you can go ahead and do it. Or Crocsaw. Let us know how to say your last name.
1: I think it's Crocsaw. Let me know if I'm right. I know
0: I still can't pronounce Josh Ayers' last name. <laughs> and go check out their podcast. I don't. I need to know the name of it. He told me, and I'm yeah, it's on, absent-minded. It's on,
1: it's on Twitter. Um, I'll get that real quick. But he, he wants to know... Um, how will next-gen games, or how will next-gen uh, allow games to tell better stories? Which is a great question. It is, because
0: I don't think we have a definite answer to that. That's the problem, right? Uh, this goes back into something I've heard plenty of people say. Uh, probably people that like PlayStation a lot will probably know. Uh, Colin Moriarty, obviously. One of his biggest things that he's talked about in a long time is that for as, for as much power and whatnot that next-gen gives do developers. Um, we often see them do things that in a lot of ways, game chats could be scaled back game chats. Thank you. Check out his podcast. Um, with Rebecca Stowe too. She is, uh, she used to be with square XO. I think she might still be, but I don't think so. I haven't listened to square XO in a while. Again, my time is crazy. Yeah, Time is limited in this world, but great people. I love them all. They're very yes. nice. Salt of the earth, but call Dan, Rebecca, ja- all these people. Yes. Um, but yeah, going back into that, um, you know, what gets weird is his argument for a long time was that if you take these games and what, core, what makes them the core of the games, realistically you could scale back all the graphics and effects and still have essentially the same game, uh, and that the only thing that power has actually given us so far, definitely with us seeing new gen games not really push the UI as much as we would have hoped, that for the most part, these games could all work in the exact same way on a PS2. Ooh, uh, I wouldn't go that far back. Well, that, that was his argument, and this was earlier in the PlayStation 4 generation. I think we've seen a little bit more things, uh, but he I, did I concede, and it's one of the games I agree on too, he did concede that one of the games that he thinks, regardless of how people feel about it, one of the things that he saw that he believed uh, was a good use of next-gen technology and wouldn't have been able to happen on older technology like the PS2 um, or even the PS3. I know they answered
1: this already. No Man's Sky. Oh, no, I don't. I, was gonna say, I thought he was going to say Shadowfall.
0: Um, I was going to say, because of the stupid touchpad control. <laughs> uh, no, but he's talking about, like, because that wouldn't have to be in there. And even then, you can mimic that through button inputs if you really want to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's talking about from a base level, consoles and all this stuff and the online aspects and whatnot that make all of back end part of No Man's Sky work wouldn't necessarily be possible on PS3 or PS2. Definitely not PS2. No. PS2 couldn't handle online in that sense. So he's saying that for what he's seen. That's his argument. Now, I have to say, for the most part, I agree with him. I think it's very seldom that you see a game that pushes so hard that you can see like this just wouldn't be possible. Now, what I will say, uh, or actually, do you have any kind of things that you that go towards the negative side of you don't know? Do you have anything? Well,
1: negative sides, not really. Like I don't really think that like we've said it last episode. Um, nothing right now is truly separating us from next gen. In terms of availability. Only those who have PS4s. Because next gen. In terms of specs. And graphics. That's available to people who own PCs. And that is what we said last episode. That's just the truth. So what my take on this is. And I, I do know. That there is some. There's not a lot. And certainly not as much as what people make it out to be about. The fact that devs can't create the games they want because consoles are holding them back. Um, I know that that is true for certain components of certain games and that it works to some degree with certain
0: games, but there's a, th- there's okay. I get what you mean. The sentence is true and false depending on who you're throwing it at.
1: Yes. And what game you're throwing it at? Because a lot of people who say like, Oh, PC is so much better that a uh, consoles are the only reason that we're not getting these games because they have to make it for the consoles. When in reality, like yes and no, there is problems with 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 that, but it's not to a degree that it is um, really really serious. And in terms, of, when it comes to this kind of thing, especially with this topic, we have this power divide that that you can see. If you had a PC, you can see it online. It's really hard to tell though when you're watching videos and stuff at how good games can look, uh, just due to the nature of compression compression in videos and then your monitor. But my thing about this is, is that it's not about just the visuals, right? It's about the world and the engine, the AI, stuff like that.
0: Oh, uh, I said UI earlier. I meant AI. yeah, I, I, I knew you knew I, what I, I meant. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, um, but yeah,
1: my thing is, is that what I am really, truly excited for is that in terms of a story, there's multiple things that you could do. You could expand locations to be bigger sizes, but there's a con to this. Just There's a con to just about everything I want to list. You expand them to massive sizes does it need to be massive sizes to tell a good story uh the ai could be really really smart and work really really well against you uh which means escort missions might be done really well but then you can't have some of the dumb fun that you can have in the last of us with you know clickers and stuff by making them do funny things which you know once again that's the little one compared to the the first one i listed but then you have like the general visuals and stuff when does it enter uncanny valley when does it's not with this console generation that it's going to do that either. Um, well, now, what do you mean by that? Because when, I, when I have actually an argument
0: that ties into potentially the time, the, the aspect of visuals. But I'm curious as to what you mean by
1: "Uncanny Valley" uh, in almost the true sense of the definition. Is just it's going to look so real that it's almost off, and it's going to. It really depends because the when certain- I
0: feel like we've hit. Oddly close to that on we ha- a few on games titles, this gen- yeah, on certain titles,
1: there's some really, really weird facial things that can go on with mocap and just look really weird. Well, or, and
0: I don't mean that; I mean more towards the. I, I feel like we've had a couple of games this generation. That have only had Uncanny Valley in the more traditional sense of the word, where it's like people used it for robots and the fact that even if you can get a robot that looks very, very similar, and then it was just kind of extrapolated something off video about games, it. but even though it looks essentially human and acts human in all ways or something that's off around that's it. That's what I'm saying. Uh,
1: like a game can look very realistic, but you're just at that same time, you're like, this looks something's weird about it. So
0: that's what I was going to get at too. So the title that I'm going to throw, and then I'll let you continue Just It's so we can both kind of simmer on it. Uh, the title that oddly enough, I think does two things. I think it actually surpasses the, the uncanny Valley on its human characters and then nails the uncanny Valley for its Android characters is Oddly enough, Detroit become human.
1: Detroit did such a good job in that game with its facial animations.
0: Because don't you feel like all the robots felt decidedly robotic? They felt like they were designed in a very to human-like way, uncanny. And then the humans in the game, all the humans in the game, felt weird. Like not weirdly. I'm a, I don't even want to use that word because that almost leans credence towards the idea that it did land in an uncanny that, yeah. valley. And for me, it's an didn't. insult, Yeah. All of the human characters looked so perfect that it was it was like. Am I watching a movie, right? Literally, or there's, a really, really, really high-end animated movie?
1: Yeah, there are some parts of that game, especially the uh, chasing with Connor through the. Uh, it's it's not a cornfield, but you yeah. know what I'm talking about yeah it's on the roof, the, the rooftops the, yeah. as you're moving through. Uh, it's towards the end, and you uh, during that scene right there, it's like real high pack action and stuff. But then when you slow down, you talk, and you're like, man, they look good. But there's you could tell Connor's not a human. Yes, and it's very off-putting. But it's off-putting. But on you can purpose. tell that
0: Hank is a human. Yes. It's, so it's different, yeah. It,
1: it does it really well in that. I think, though, that with visuals, we're going to hit a point where it does it very well for the wrong reason, and I think that we'll see. I'm just going to throw out an example. Uncharted Five comes out, and it looks fantastic, like no other game. There is dense, and by dense, I mean like it slows your character down to run through these forests or these this tall grass.
0: And now you're getting into something
1: interesting. Yeah and uh chloe and everybody they're actually shooting at enemies from across the map but they're actually telling you hey like hey there's a guy right up there in the northwest and it's like you look and it's right there like the ai can spot him and it's right there never wrong but then when you get into a cuss scene and then it's the mocap and something just doesn't look right to you due to the acting that it's it's real but it's not it's like when you see princess leia in rogue one and it's CGI version of her. It's like, th- that looks so real, but there's something very off about that. That's what I think is going to be the point with...
0: our General Tarkin also.
1: Yes. Yeah, I forgot General Tarkin was the same way. Yes. Was that Rogue
0: One that he was yeah, in? Or- that was Rogue One. Okay. Unless I'm forgetting the name, but it's the well, no, old captain was- who was in...
1: Well, no, I thought that was... Um, uh- Tarkin. Yeah, that's right. No, 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 but I thought that was in um, the
0: second new movie. No, that's in Rogue One.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, it it's something very off putting. And
0: he actually dude, the the CGI he on, looked worse on him. But he was entirely CGI where apparently Well no, um, they both had
1: stand-ins.
0: Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, but apparently, I didn't. I thought that the Leia one was actually uh, Carrie Fisher, and they and they very similar to what they did for Tron, where they had Jeff Bridges come in, but then they CGI'd over his face so that it looked it look like younger. him, yeah. but looked younger. Uh, I thought that that's what they did. He's dead. They couldn't well, well, do that at the time. Carrie Fisher was alive, and I think they actually used Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher didn't die until mid uh, until after 2016, uh, but after filming was already done for um, uh, Last Jedi. So she. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. Because I'm pretty sure she died. This is aside from the point, though, to be fair. It is, but yeah. um, Carrie Fisher died uh, December 27th, 2016. Uh, Rogue One came out. Because I know for a fact that when people went and saw that movie, Rogue One came out in 2016. Yeah, but so filming and everything interview. would have had to already be. Uh, uh, what, oh, but what yeah, I, mean I get is, what you're saying. Okay, yes. yeah,
1: I get what you're saying. That was a misunderstanding of mine. And
0: mind. all of the stuff that she saw, she wasn't CGI in at all, as far as I can remember, and as far as I can tell, uh, in uh, the Last Jedi, which means no, she was also able the principle to. The of
1: photography up. for her was wrapped up by the yeah. time she passed. Unfortunately, um, no, fortunately.
0: She unfortunately passed, unfortunately but the passed. fact that she did yes. not have to have a stand-in was fortunate. Yes. Uh, she got to have her last thing. But this is not about Star Wars. This is about, well, I mean, I guess it's about stories, so uh, we can kind of tie that in. Technically, I was correct.
1: He passed away 10 days after the movie.
0: Wow, yeah. There you go. Either way, she would have been alive to be the, the to be the stand that they would use to sculpt. Because I remember her, there was something
1: that. But was they emotional. both looked. They
0: both looked well, off, they're... but but Tarkin looked worse.
1: Yeah, Tarkin, like you know, it was decidedly worse, and that's the thing is that I think that we're going to get into a point where it enters Uncanny Valley in the sense of something is going to look off when it should look pretty, and it's going to be something that mimics real life so well that it's it's doing it so well that it's that you're not convinced, but it's, you should be convinced, and. Realistically, for stories, I don't think that there's going to be much to argue, at least early gen, on what they can do to improve them. There is things that I am looking forward to that are engine changes, that are AI changes, stuff like um, density changes within worlds. And you can essentially make a livelier world, more unlike what we've ever seen later gen. We're not going to see that this gen early, earlier. Yeah. Um, Cyberpunk may be the earliest form that we would actually see that. And ironically, and it's on this gen. Yeah, and that's not even on next gen. But the studio behind that is so impressive with the way they create games that it's almost, it's almost uh, expected of them in a way. Yeah, but we still don't know the extent of Cyberpunk. I would argue that right now, for, even
0: though you didn't love The Witcher 3, I think it is really hard to argue that. I don't even think that The Witcher 3 has actually the been... The Witcher 3
1: is not a bad game.
0: Like I, at all. But uh, you don't care for it's, it. That's, yeah, it's yeah. Just, and but my point is, it. and where I was going with that, is that very similar to that, it's like you were talking about the pedigree of the studio, at least in what they're doing and the aspect of building a crazy world like that, is that I don't feel like this generation has actually there's not been a game released yet, and Cyberpunk may be the one that actually matches the world building and level of density and detail and, and feeling of being in a world that the witcher captured. Uh, for all that it had going for it. And I know you didn't get to play as much, but I mean, from what you've seen and what you know, I don't feel like there's another game that's done that on the same scope and scale uh, to match. So yeah, I think it's pretty interesting that Cyberpunk is probably the closest we're going to get to that from everything we're hearing, but that's all based off of a developer who already touched on that and had been contested, in my opinion, since 2015? I think so, right? Uh, Yeah, it would have been. 14. Well, what year was Kyrie born? 15. That's what I'm saying. Okay, and yeah, I, I was and playing that game. Yeah. May 19th, 2015. Yeah, it was I was right playing before. that game when she was born. Yeah. Good Lord. So yeah, uh, I want to make sure that you finish up on yours. Cause I have a couple of things I want to touch on that are based off of some of the things you said. And you even said something that spurred an, an idea that I wasn't even thinking about, but this does all help in some way, but in a weird way that I almost feels like it's true. It, it answers his question and that it does, but it also technically doesn't cause it's not necessarily directly. Um, but if you want to add anything else, go ahead and finish. Well, no,
1: I just think that's pretty much it, and that it's it's one of those things that it's really really hard to tell at this current day and age where we're at now versus where we'll be because people were blown away by some of the stuff that came out on the PS4 mid gen when you, when you go back and look at knack like particle and stuff, particle effects and knack and stuff were pretty great, and the little yeah. tiny yeah. effects for objects were very detailed. But it's the things that we see now, which Witcher three is actually a good point of the sound in that game. The sound yes. uh, design of that game is still one of my favorites. Even it's not I don't consider it one of the best. That's Hellblade. But um, the sound design of that game is one of the best, or my favorites. The the wind through the trees and everything, the crunching on the ground, everything. The, mm-hmm. Every creature, it's good. Uh, it,
0: it, it's, it's a level of detail that goes into what I guess my first point will be, which is that I think that trying to answer how it would directly have a, a, affect the ability to tell great stories, I don't think that stories can be directly affected by anything. And I think that's why you see There are movies that are still great today that were filmed in 1930s, and that's because the people who were doing them understood what makes a compelling story, and the actors were the right people to choose and to to carry out that compelling story. And that's why some old movies don't hold up because they were more projects of trying to do something a little too much and and not having a visionary person behind it who had an idea of what they wanted to do, uh, alongside with actors that couldn't quite pull it off. And I think some movies you see that boundary of like, well the CGI didn't help it, but is it still a good movie? And my go-to th- example for that is, for all the terrible effects that, that, and I say terrible because when you go back to watch them now, they're so obviously green screen. Definitely as they've continued to move the the, the movie up into more modern resolutions. Uh, Star Wars Episode 3 it tells actually a great story, but it does so with terrible visual effects. But is it a good movie, yes, and oddly enough we 're back on Star Wars, but that 's one of my favorite. That, that is my favorite Star Wars movie because it has the best story of all of them to me, whatever I know that there's other people that have their moments. I like them all, but i I was really surprised for how poorly I think the storytelling was handled in the other two prequel movies, how perfectly it, it was handled in Star Wars three but the the crux of that argument comes back to. Technology cannot help tell a better story. What it can do is help give you things that can strengthen your story in an indirect way that can only serve to just make it feel more cohesive across the board in a way that only games may be able to do or in movies, sometimes like only animation can do. So improvements in animation technology let you tell stories that were otherwise impossible because of the way that you want to go about telling your story and what the characters are. Technology only helps tell a better story in the sense that it might just help you visually get your stuff out there in a way that was previously impossible. But considering the fact that animated movies from even 2008, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs being one that's thrown up, the movie still looks so impeccably well done that animation and from CGI from movies like that has already reached a point where I could it can never improve again and I would still think that movies could go on forever being perfect because they've reached that they can always be better, but they've reached to be the bare minimum of what they need to tell stories the way they want to. Now, if you pull that into gaming, gaming has pretty much gotten there in my, in my sense as well. And I think you can tell that with things like looking at what they were able to do in real time in kingdom hearts three, uh, being able to look at what they did in real time in ratchet and clink. Now, when you look at that from a visual side, it's like what Saul was talking about. When you have this idea of a world that's living and breathing like The Witcher does, the way it helps your story is it helps your story feel like it's cemented in a real world. And it's really, there's been great game stories that were slightly hampered by the fact that they took place in a world that didn't feel too, that wasn't able to show where certain story aspects and the way they're trying to build the world around the story cannot completely be shown off in the game right because the technology was not able to keep up with it. Yeah. But you see a game like The Witcher 3, which uses sound design and meticulous detail of looking of what you're doing and how, how things are going to react to it, how NPCs will react to it, how stories that are not even tied into the main story get treated as if they were main stories in their own little segment. And everything feels living and breathing and going through. I think that you can continue to grow that, and we'll see how much Cyberpunk does that. But I think one of the things that Next Gen can help do is further cement certain games the ability to build their story with world building and cement their story in a more realistic world so that there's not a disconnect between those two things. Um, and going in, you know, one of the things that Saul said that I'll kind of bounce off of again uh, was going towards the idea of looking at the specs of what that can do versus the specs of what something else can do. And when you really look at that and you think about what's going on uh, yet, yeah, Saul's right. Everything that's going to even hit in the PS5 is stuff that's technically available right now to PC users. Here's the interesting part of that. One of the biggest arguments I've always had towards consoles not necessarily hampering developers. If anything, it gives them a better sense of focus because PC development, as I've said a million times, has to deal with so many variables that even older technology can actually be pushed more because it's able to be optimized more to the point there where... PS4 when it came out and Xbox one were really not impressive. They were considered old technology when they hit. And a lot of people who played PC were like, what is this? But as the generations gone on and we continue to see games like the Witcher and uncharted four and Detroit become human, it's obvious that when you have developers who don't have to focus on a bunch of different optimizations for a bunch of different variables, they can push that just as far as any PC game, or at least close enough that it's crazy that you, that this can be this old of hardware and do this much. Um, the improvements that you see on the PC PC side of things, even if they were to make a game like Detroit or make a game that looked as good as Detroit, it's that Detroit. I don't can't think of a PC game that really rivals Detroit in terms of graphical fidelity and, and detail. But what PC sees immediate well, upgrades in is things like load times. And, and, and maybe the ability to have more physics going on for multiple people where a game like destiny is held back on consoles where they say, well, we can't make the game 60 frames per second, even on the pro because the CPU is still not able to handle the physics of all these different players at the same time due to the online nature of this game. So because of that, we have to cap it at 30 frames per second, where you can play at 60 frames per second on the PC. No problem because the CPU is not a throttle. Not a bottleneck for it. So when you look at that, specs do matter. But how does that go into being able to tell a better story? I mean, in a game like Destiny, while I'm on it, going back to the idea of building a world, it's like you can build a solid world around a game like Destiny, which already does it pretty well, but it's hampered by split up load screens and smaller areas and having to do confines and load windows, things that mess with the the immersive aspect of it. Uh, You can do that. Uh that's probably my biggest argument for it. That's well, the indirect thing.
1: And I was showing Brett something on Skyrim the other day of like this involves load times, is that I have a mod on my PC for Skyrim where like all I literally open up doors and I just walk into places. There is no yes. loading. And yes. like that would be a cool future to have as well for The Witcher like, you, 3 does that. Yeah. So it would And be, that was crazy. Yeah. It would be very cool to have that as like a standard at all games when it comes to loading, especially when it involves immersion. Because that's very important for story games.
0: Very important. And I still notice it when I'm playing triple A game or double A games. Uh, like certain ones and then I go up to a door and I open it and there's not a load screen I'm actually really impressed Yeah, uh, and even, and not even if it's a huge game even a game that's smaller in scale I was actually impressed when I was playing Far Cry and I'm trying to remember on PS3 if this existed there's not that many buildings but every building that you can go into you don't load when you go into
1: it th- I'm pretty sure I was on last on PS3 I can't sure, remember if it loaded I'm into the sure rooms I, or not
0: I'm pretty sure Far Cry 2 did that too didn't it I think so but it's so hard to remember because it's been so long you know what I mean Uh, so I almost wish I could, I'm going to go back and look at PS3 gameplay and see if when they enter a safe house, if it has to load, but it is something that helps with immersion. You feel like, Oh, I am part of this world. This is not taking me out of this world and putting me in this new room that's loaded to where once I open the door, or if I were able to open the door, I'd just see a black box around me. Instead, it's like, no, this is part of this world. I'm going into it. And it helps with that immersive nature. And I do think that that helps to tell a more compelling story by aiding in world building. And there's a game that I um, have not yet to play, but I know plenty of people have played it and it does this perfectly. There's two I want to mention. First one is What Remains of Edith Finch. It is a game that almost rests its entire... Backbone of storytelling. I'm not going to say entire, but a a large percentage is based around making you look at the environment and the environment is so beautifully well done and, and beautifully crafted and well done that you understand more of the story and get given little bits of things that if the, if the technology was not there to let them do that at that level, then you'd inherently miss part of the story because of it. Right. And that's more of a decision. They wanted to tell a story that not only had voice acted, and real moments, but also had moments where you could pick up your own elements of the story by paying attention to the world around you. Yes. That's a storytelling decision. That's using different devices to Star your Souls. advantage. Exactly. Same thing. Then you look at a game like Hellblade. Hellblade uses sound design to further its story Literally, in a way that no other game One of done. the
1: main forms of its storytelling is its sound design, Yeah, if
0: not the main form. Yeah, so when you look at all that, it, it does go to say where... I think that on paper, most people would say, no, it doesn't allow you to do better stories, but what it does allow you to do is strengthen the stories that you already have, not so that they're better, but so that they're more immersive, which some people may actually say makes the story feel better because it feels more connected. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing that I can really argue about for it. Uh, And I don't really have anything else outside of the visuals. And that one's really quick. I do think, bringing up Detroit earlier, the main reason I did it is that Detroit's expression that it was able to do and the small amount of detail they were able to fit in this game muscle movements how much animation frames they could do to make it look smooth it's made a game where I'm also thinking about the last of us twos little a- animations they showed that looks so fluid and real
1: oh yeah like when Ellie the girl looked under the car and mm-hmm. Ellie shot her like the cheekbone yes and it would look not not only like the bullet was accurate but then the body just slumped over yes and you see in movies all the time of somebody getting shot and they like oh they like recoil and no like if you get shot fatally you just drop exactly There's and no, it's like, really flying interesting. across the room or like that.
0: exactly so in that situation i think that the the further tech goes to allow you to put small detail you know colin's assertion that all games could technically work story-wise on the ps2 i don't agree because i think a lot of elements of story like i'm talking about get lost in this they could, minutia well of detail. they could
1: work but they wouldn't be as optimized because back then like what we saw as a story was still told we look back on as some of the best storytelling ever especially like go look at any era really the ps1 and final fantasy 7 some people will say that that's one of the best stories ever told. But then they're really going off of that
0: game, right? Like, but you don't understand. I think that's contextually speaking. I really think it's Kinda, hard because it's, games are so, so much of a different, in a, a different form of storytelling but the, that it's hard to compare them to like you, a movie. Well, you Would think, you really say final fantasy seven is as good as like, uh, well, let's think of a good, well, one of the best movies that you can even think of. You want to say, like, saving Private Ryan? Yeah. Do you want to say that Final Fantasy VII is as good as saving Private Ryan on the storytelling aspect? Is it? I don't well, know.
1: Well, no, but I'm talking about in the context of games that, like, when we're looking back at the at the past, trying to compare it to the future, it's almost something you can never do in the present. Because we can't conceptually believe what's going to happen. We don't know. So when you when you think about it, there are people to this day that think that Final Fantasy VII, the game alone, no other outsourced sources of material or anything still was one of the best stories ever told. And when you think about it, and when we compare it to something that we're looking forward to next gen, it's hard to say what they'll do in terms of storytelling improvements because you can still say that back then you heard or, or and, you know, and experienced one of the best stories
0: ever. Contextually, Contextually
1: around the time. Contextually. Well, and within the context of video game, Yeah. Because even then, it's, it, it still gets to the point now of like that what I was talking about is you can't look forward to the future because you back then would not have conceived in your mind what we have today in terms of technology. It's true. So it's really hard to do that now with the side of what we know in the recent future. Well, I feel so, like
0: it's easier to do it within the... With the okay, like... Because well, right re- now we're talking... Future. It's recent future. Yeah, yeah, right? that's what we're talking about. We're talking think, about the next four years. Yeah, see, like I agree with you in the sense of like if you're playing Final Fantasy VII when it came out and you're in ninety, it's ninety-seven. You're looking, but I'm just, you I'm, could not even. I don't think you could conceptually understand what games would be like in twenty nineteen. Right? Well, you just can't I, Yeah, But far. my
1: comparison was is that there are people to this day that will tell you that Final Fantasy VII is the best story. I, I, Final Fantasy VI is one of the best stories ever, and that, that's yeah. one of the things that like.
0: But the way it goes about being able to tell it gets, and that's why I'm saying like the story itself is always going to be as good, but the things that can help support the story and make it that much more memorable to you it is the thing. Because like again, where I was going to with both The Last of Us and Detroit, but Detroit's a, a, a product that's out that people can experience for free right now if they have PS Plus, uh, is that the minutia of detail of emotional expression goes so far because one of the things I think PS2 level games and going back to Colin's assertion about PS2 games is that emotion was really hard to show in PS2 ages because of limiting factors of animation. Yeah. When you look at something now and you can see the minutia of detail and not only the animation, but of the actual fidelity of the graphics that you're looking at the face and you see Connor actually struggle with himself over what he, whether what he's doing is wrong or Right. And be able to nail it to where you you sympathize with him as almost if he were human, but you also see this thing where he's like he also looks just close to being human, but that something about how well they animated and how good it looks. It's you can, uncanny. It, it's it's uncanny on purpose, yeah. and it's like wow, how were they able to express that much emotion with no words said? And that's a great thing that I think was when, as much as people want to say that that's, that you can tell any story or that you know whatever on the PS2, you can. But how well can you support that story with small nodes of like, yeah. hey, look, did you notice how whenever, whenever? okay, like, a, a, create a little situation. A, a cop is sitting there. His, I almost just spoiled Final <laughs> Fantasy <VII>. Seven. <laughs> do I, I was literally do about that. to
1: say, do you remember the part when, and then I, yeah. and then I was so like, in that little thing there, I was like, but y- no. Yeah,
0: but so go, go back to this, though, in the sense of uh, – Small things, Dang if remakes. you are, or if you're, if you, if it's framed right and able to be picked up on, let's create a story. Right, uh, a, a cop sees a little girl crying to his mom, uh, crying to her mom, uh, and he remembers back, and a quick flashback shows through. Or maybe even the story doesn't show a flashback. Maybe there's a, a piece of detail that you've learned by playing the game. You picked up a little a note that you read, where you were able to tell that, oh, the game. I didn't have to find this, but because I found this, the game lets me know that his daughter died. From something, and he and his last memory of her was holding her while she was crying and dying. And then you go back, and the game has the cop standing there, normal day. You look over, you see a little girl crying to his mom, and then you see like a little bit of a a wrinkle in his eye and a little bit of an upturn of his lip and and it's like you under still undo- have pulled that off back in PS2 it would just been hilarious it would have looked awful but <laughs> that's what i mean that nuance of emotion that hilarious. comes with the ability to animate
1: so tightly also, well, it, comes, it, it, it depends on gra- uh, graphical styles too cuz stuff True. like back in PS2 with uh cel shaded games could we'll pull that off but of course it wouldn't have been as me.
0: yeah cel been- it- games were very detailed for back then Yeah, they joe yeah just- because what they would do to get the crinkle in the eyes is just add a little black line there that kind of yeah. gives the idea so like a more crude version of it yeah yeah it you gets know, the point across though. jack i hope that, that i mean i hope if nothing else the, the the discussion has been interesting because i think what happens in a situation like this is saul's right it's so hard to know exactly what's going to happen and what also makes stories good to somebody there could be people that don't care about the minutia of detail that i do but i love it and that's something that i think buoys a story even more and helps a story that's already great be stronger and more memorable because you can see that little bit of detail. And that's also part of what makes that director's eye so important. Like what do they want to do? And I think God of War has got a lot of moments like that. You know, it's like you can see these moments where you're like, they made sure they framed this that particular way. So I love it. Great question. Want to hear y'all's thoughts. My community take question is going to be, do you think that next gen can help people tell better stories? I got a
1: better one. Go for it. Name one thing you're looking forward to in next gen that will tell a better story.
0: Okay, my little side one's going to be tell me tell me a game that surprised you this year with things of good storytelling that's not conventional. I got a better one.
1: Mario Kart is better than a Little Big Planet Racing. Thank you all for <laughs> tuning in to episode one hundred and nineteen of Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, and a special thank you all to our patrons who enjoy the show as everybody else. Brett, let them know who they are. All right, we'll see here you we guys go. back for one twenty.
0: Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, My Name is Dan, Douglas Blow, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip LaGuerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian Donovan, Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayres, Thomas McKinnis, Brandon Edwards, and Sean One Neo. If you would like to support us, go to Patreon.com/NarTech or click the link in the description below. Thank you.